This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Rosenberg took the world, or at least Twitter and a lot of Wisconsin, by storm with her reaction to finding out that she'd just been elected Wausau's next mayor. Holy balls. Rosenberg has big plans for the city where she grew up, even as she takes the reins during a global pandemic. From her perspective, it's all about change that will make things better for the people of her hometown. We talked about all of that, and of course I didn't let her off the hook without finding out her favorite Wisconsin beer, her favorite Wisconsin cheese, her Wisconsin bucket list, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. And if you're not super familiar with Wausau, you're gonna learn a lot about it during this episode, and you're probably gonna end up wanting to take a visit. Well, congratulations on your victory. Uh, how are you feeling? It's been a few days now. Thank you. Uh, I'm feeling a little busy, <laughs> um, as you can imagine. I'm wrapping up my job at Foot Locker right now at the same time as I'm kind of onboarding with the city of Wassa. So it's a lot going on and a lot of information going to different people. So, But it's good. I'm really excited. Still really proud. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you're not new to local government. You've been on the county board and you've been involved um, for, for quite a while. Um, what's your what's your local government experience been like before this? Yeah. So uh, four years ago, I was first elected to the Marathon County Board um, and I served two terms there. And I was really pumped about that at the time. Um, I got to focus on things like uh, mental health. Our nursing home needed to have some renovations. So really excited to work on that. Um, And then, you know, even before that, my dad was very involved in local politics. He was on the city council and the county board. uh, And I actually anticipated that at some point he would run for mayor. Um, (laughs) And then when I was in high school, I actually served on the first Mayor's Youth Action Council, uh, which was really exciting. They gave us $25,000 to help engage um, our fellow uh, youths in the community. So, um, you know, I have a little bit of experience there. It's kind of fun. Excellent. Well, we should we should get this one out of the way right now because everyone's been talking about your tweet, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you probably didn't expect it to be that big of a deal. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so, so for people who don't live on Twitter or haven't seen the news, um, what was your response on Twitter to seeing your election results coming through? Uh, that would be holy balls. <laughs> <laughs> It was really fun. It's like I saw it and then I saw other people start to see it and then people started like sending it around and then it was obviously kind of viral. Celebrities (laughs) retweeting it. Celebrities retweeting it. (laughs) Um, So it's it's pretty evident how you were feeling in that moment, but um, that that was kind of a a fun way to react. What were you thinking when you were watching the returns? It was obviously kind of a non-traditional election night. Right. So instead of being with my campaign manager and my friends and things like that, I was at home on Zoom uh, right here in my kitchen um, (laughs) with all of them. Kind of we're looking at the results. We're waiting. um, And I had my eyes specifically on my race. And when I saw those numbers come in, I I thought we were I thought they were all in. And then um, and it looked like I won. So that's when I tweeted it. 
And then I asked my friends, I'm like, are all of the results in? And they said, no, 74%. And I was like, well, oh, well, like, we'll figure this out. But yeah. <laughs> it, it turned out all of WASA was in. We went through precinct by precinct. So I was uh, excited, but also unsure at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate time for a whole balls. Yeah. yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, that's funny and not what you necessarily expect to get out of a politician. But you've kind of made a point, I think, of saying throughout your campaign that you were just going to be yourself and you weren't going to try to change anything. And a lot of people say that when they run for office, but that's not necessarily true. And you can kind of see, um, you know, when someone's off or on, but that's, that's pr- a pretty clear moment of just <laughs> you being yourself. Um, so what, it, what did that look like on the campaign? I mean, did you have moments where you had to kind of think about like, no, I don't want to go this way because that's not who I am? Or, or was it pretty easy to just be who you were? Sure. It, it, it's tough sometimes because you do have to decide how much of yourself you want to share. Like I would say everything you see on Twitter is definitely me, but you don't, you don't see everything about me. Like I'm not sharing like as much as I do share, it's not everything. <laughs> so yeah. you kind of have to decide. And one of the things that was used kind of again, or against me is maybe the strong term, but one of the, my opposition, the incumbent was uh, using terms on his literature, like mature and proven and, you know, stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. you kind of, I definitely think I'm mature uh, when it comes to policy and what I care about and what we're going to do. Social media is probably one of those places where you can be a little bit more um, out there. So, you know, that's something that kind of came through. But I guess like what better exclamation to uh, (laughs) to respond to that after winning? You know, I, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I mean, you have to work harder. You know how this is too, though. You're you're a woman mm-hmm. in journalism. Um, I was too, and you yeah. always have to work a little bit harder. You have to prove yourself. Um, people aren't asking me, "Oh, Katie, what is your background? I want to know more about you." They're saying, "Well, what makes you qualified for this?" And so you kind of have to list off, like, "Well, I have a master's degree. I have business experience. I have policy experience. I worked for this person. I worked for that person." And you find yourself calling on all of these people who, are like, "Okay, they trust this old guy over here, so I'm going to mention this person." So it, it's it's always like that for everybody, but you feel it so much more when the lens is focused on you for a whole year. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> And I, there's probably an age component too. I mean, I, I think it's it, it's always funny to hear people talk about millennials because I think that <laughs> people who are older than millennials think that millennials are still like in high school and college and they think that they're like the idiots who are on spring break. But actually, you know, millennials are turning 40 soon and they're um, Our great know, like, doing real... <laughs> So you're, you're 36, right? You're, yep. and you're a millennial. Um, and I would say that's definitely a far cry from the... Uh, I guess the, the the view that people would have of what you know a millennial would be. Um, sure. So, do, do you think there's an, an age element too that if, if you're a younger woman in politics too that you kind of have to work against at the same time? Yeah, there's some of that. I mean, there always is, um, and especially you know I'm I'm a lot shorter than everybody. So anytime I go to these <laughs> events, I'm five one, right? And so I'm looking up at people or whatever. And so like you have to figure out ways to still uh, stand your ground and, and uh, get around <laughs> some of that. So there is an yeah. age component. Um, but, you know, you just have to, you have to keep going and trucking on, you know, for sure. Yeah. Prove them. Wrong. <laughs> yes. I like that you're not that you don't shy away from talking about being a woman in politics, too, because I, I, I always feel weird. Um, definitely like being a woman in journalism and wanting to talk about that and wanting to highlight it. And also not wanting to overdo it and not wanting to, you know, say like, look, a woman has been elected to this thing. But I I think it's still 
I don't, I, I'm, I'm curious if you agree. I think you probably will, that it's still kind of important to point that stuff out and highlight it a little bit to try to increase that representation. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, that's not all that I am, right? It's like, right. It's, it, it's a very obvious part of who I am, um, but that's not it. And I, I do think it's important for WASA. I mean, the first woman mayor um, was elected when I was in high school and I'm only the second woman mayor. So it is kind of a big deal. I'll be the youngest woman mayor. It's <laughs> it's at least until somebody comes comes in, uh, and runs for this when they're younger, which I hope they do. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in Wausau. What, uh, you, you talked a little bit about your, your local government experience, but what else was on the path that led you from a kid growing up in this town to leading the town? Yeah, sure. I, you know, I really benefited a lot when I was a kid growing up. We have great um, pools. I actually live um, about three blocks away from my, my house growing up. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I walk around the same neighborhood. I have a lot of people who uh, know me still. And I just, I loved growing up here. Um, it was very safe and it, it still is safe. You know, I've, it's, I don't want to make this seem like a, like, oh, it's a quaint little Northern Wisconsin town. Like we have our issues. We have a lot of things going on, but it's still very much um, the WASA I know and we're growing and we have a lot of opportunity for people here. So I guess when I decided to run, I really wanted to amplify all of those great things about WASA, but also like tease out some new things. Like we do need to change in a lot of ways. Um, there are just things we need to look at. Our bus system is like 50 years old and it doesn't work for people. So how do we make that work for people? Um, you know, the communication, how do we make sure everybody knows what we're doing? Just even criteria for things. I was asking our city attorney, I was like, well, what are the criteria for having an official newspaper? I don't even know. And we looked up the state statute and it hasn't changed in 60 years. And it's probably not a good thing that it hasn't changed. But, you know, just even dusting <laughs> yeah. stuff like that off. So that's what I'm interested in changing things. Um, but for, for to make it better for people. Yeah. How did you contrast yourself with your opponent? How do you think the city will be different under your leadership? Uh, I would say that probably the biggest difference between us um, is that, you know, I have this background in business. Next um, next week would have been my seven-year anniversary with Footlocker. Um, you know, I've done everything from working with uh, our investors on Investor Day in New York um, to social media. You know, I've gone to the NFL Combine, things like that, you know, really connecting with young people and also the people that fund us. So I feel good about that. And just understanding, having that business background helps a lot. Right now, it's really tough. Um, I saw some of the projections for the county because I'm still getting some of those emails. And it looks like we're losing, I mean, not just 1 million, but maybe 3 million this year and 6 million next year. So the city is a little bit different when it comes to revenue, but understanding like we can't continue business as usual or even how we've, how we've planned. So being able to pivot is really important. So I would say I contrasted you know, my business experience and also my desire to bring a strategic plan to WASA. We have a gazillion different um, plans. You know, you have a legally required comprehensive plan. You have all these different development plans. I want to bring that together, make sure the, the city council has really, really good understanding of what their goals are going to be. Um, I want to include the public a lot more. We're doing a lot of things right, but um, I would like to include them more, have public hearings. That's the thing we did on the county board a lot more frequently. So that's stuff I want to bring in more, more contributions from other places. Yeah. For people who are going to listen to this, who aren't super familiar with Wausau or they're, you know, living in a, another part of the state or not even in Wisconsin, how would you describe the city? How would you frame the 
challenges and the opportunities that are really unique to your area and your community um, heading into the future? Sure. So, you know, Wasa is really interesting because, you know, depending on who you talk to, some people consider it the Northwoods. Um, I <laughs> I think you have to be above, and I'm going to start a controversy for you right now. I think uh. you have to be above Highway 8. I think that's the Northwoods. Um, so Lincoln County, not Marathon. But, okay. you know, we're an old logging town. We, that's how we started off. Uh, and we still have some of those families and those family names here. So, you know, you've got a lot of that kind of influence, that old, um, but you've got a lot of really, a lot of exciting things going on with the um, uh, Main Street. I'm on, I'm the vice president of our River District Board. And we last year won uh, a national award. They recognized how great we were. So, you know, we have a lot of great small businesses. You have enthusiasm. We have a business incubator that has created over 300 LLCs in the last 10 years. So you've got a lot of entrepreneurial spirits. Um, and, you know, we since we are so far north, you're not attracting the same. We don't have a four-year campus, right? That's Stevens Point, about 30 minutes uh, south of us. But we do have a two-year campus. We have a technical college. Um, so it's, we have a lot of opportunity, uh, bringing people in, um, is a challenge as it is with everywhere else. Uh, and especially, you know, I work for currently for a fortune 500 company. That's not normal for something this far North. We have a bunch of other employers like that, um, who really the challenge coming into this was getting employees. So looking at that, we're about, we're fewer than 40,000 people. Um, the goal is to grow. And, um, mm -hmm. I would say one of the other things that we have that's unique um, is we have a very uh, big Hmong population. I mean, depending on who you're talking to, it's between six and 10% of our population. And that's a big deal. And there's a lot of influence here. And, you know, there has been in the past and even more recently um, some conflict. So making sure that we're very inclusive is going to be a big goal of mine. Um, I just, we have to work together. That's the reason we actually are growing, whereas some other places aren't. So making sure people feel welcome and want to come here. Yeah, I think there's there's probably a tendency to assume that anything outside of Milwaukee or Madison or anything mm -hmm. like super far north is just not ethnically or racially diverse. And that's just really not the case at all. And, and Wausau is a really good case in point for that. Yeah. I mean, we really have benefited so much for our, from our Hmong community, um, just even entrepreneurially and things like that. I mean, just, it's great. Yeah. So I um, do this podcast kind of from a, a state government perspective, and mm -hmm. I, I try to kind of figure out how things fit into that big picture. Um, so what role do mayors and, and local governments and municipalities play into the, the big picture of making Wisconsin work? Right. So this is one of those things that I'm very passionate about. Um, on the county board, we have a very natural relationship with the, uh, the state legislature. You know, in the Constitution, the state constitution, we're only allowed to do what they what they have delegated to us. So, you know, you're you're kind of fighting a little bit, but but you have very outlined goals. And, you know, we're a city. So Wausau is a city. So it's a little bit different, that relationship. We have a little bit more responsibility. We can do anything that the, the Constitution says we can. Um, and if it doesn't say anything about it, we still can do that, right? We, we decide. So it's important um, to cultivate good relationships with those state legislators and the governor, I think, um, because, you know, when it comes time to fund things or there are big projects, you know, we have a big water project coming up. We want to make sure that um, our legislators can lobby for us um, in their caucuses or however that is. So having that local experience really does help. I've had some good examples of partnerships with people like a Pat Snyder, um, my representative here. Mm -hmm. um, he was very involved in some of the um, 
some of the foster care things and stuff. I mean, we had we had such a big problem with uh, the opioid crisis, and you know, it's kind of it's changing now that uh, we have a pandemic, um, and it has been changing for the last couple of years. But really, having that person's ear is important. And of course, transportation, you know, all of these things that the state legislature has the purse strings for a lot of this stuff. We can't, I can't sit here raising taxes on, on WASA residents alone, expecting to be able to do everything we want to do. We have to have those partnerships. And also the federal government's a good partner too. You know, we have all kinds of things for, um, so, you know, community development opportunities and, you know, comes with federal sharing opportunities. It's it's important that you just have those good relationships. And we're lucky. We're represented by some good people. Yeah, that helps. Um, well, what, what makes you passionate about local government as opposed to any other level that you could Sure. You know, it feels sometimes, and again, I don't have experience. I've never been a senator um, or a legislator. <laughs> um, but sometimes when I watch people who have been, it kind of seems like, they're very calculated or, you know, they're, they're yelling into the wilderness or, you know, like there's just, it's already been decided and they're saying something or not. Um, but there's not, you're not really gonna be able to change anybody else's minds. You know, they're in their caucuses and, and that's how it is. Whoever has the most, you know, people in the legislature wins. Mm -hmm. And I think on local government, especially up here, we don't have, um, that partisan label that we attach to mayors or county board members or city council. So it is a little bit different and the discussions are a little bit more nuanced. So, you know, obviously I'm more progressive than some people, um, uh, some other people, I guess, in general. And people were asking me like, oh, well, well, you're going to try and spend all our money. And I said, well, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, the debt, Wasa's debt has doubled in the last four years. And that's not really conservative. And my goal is to to not do that, to have the revenues that cover it, right? Like, I don't want 20% of our budget going to debt service. I want to make sure we pay that off and we're not taking on new debt. So, you know, some of those messages can sound maybe a little bit more conservative, but um, I don't have to be constrained by a label or a caucus. It's really nice. Um, and also, you just really immediately affect your neighbors. Um, somebody somebody in my county, she's a farmer. And uh, she said, will you, it was when I was on the county board, will you come to my farmer's union meeting? We have some things to talk about. And I was like, sure, no problem. You know, I represent a city mm -hmm. district, but I'll talk to anybody. And yeah. when I got there, they were talking about broadband because we have some issues in coverage here. And, you know, again, another partnership opportunity with the state yeah. and the feds. Uh, but she said, you know, what would really help the little library branch out here in Athens turns their Wi-Fi off at night and, you know, after we've done all of our chores and our farm things, we don't have internet access. I, and I can't go and to the parking lot even and do what I need to do. And I said, oh, well, that seems like a really easy fix. I think we can do that. So I just, you know, wrote an email to the library director. I said, hey, can we just fix this? And he said, well, it will require board action. I was like, can we do that? He's like, yep. So we did it. We passed it. And now... Now the library Wi-Fi is on 24-7 and kids can upload their schoolwork, which actually right now is super important. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you just can immediately fix things sometimes. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. 
So as we've alluded to a couple times, I mean, you are coming into office in the middle of a, a pandemic where everything mm-hmm. is upside down. Um, how does that affect the way that you're going to approach your job? What kind of new things does that present for you to, to work on? Oh my gosh. So when you, when I was campaigning initially, you know, I thought, okay, we got to attract and retain our employees. We got to do all this. And like, obviously we still have to do all of that. However, you know, with the pandemic, uh, just it's the first thing on your list. So how are we helping our small businesses so they can survive this? You know, I've seen some of my, my neighbors, uh, the Mosinee mayor, for instance, and the Stevens Point mayor, they're doing kind of a micro loan program. Um, I would love to see how we can help our small businesses that way. You know, there's just so much you have to worry about your employees. How are they working from home? You know, government isn't necessarily on the edge of technology and remote working. So making sure that people have access and they can work from home. I mean, there are people working for the city that have immune systems that and they just shouldn't be around others at all during this time. Uh, elections. So something about our community right now is we have another election coming up in May on May 12th and it's a seventh congressional seat. It's a big deal. Um, How are we going to handle another election? So I, you know, I'm, I'm texting people in the governor's office, like, are you going to release some, some national guards um, again, because we had 30 for the last election. What's happening now? It's, you know, since it's not statewide, it's not on everybody's radar. So just making sure you're continuously advocating um, for the resources you need. Uh, But yeah, having this pandemic really does change a lot of things. And getting to know people virtually is so much harder. (laughs) It's pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel okay about it, but I know not everyone does. Right. (laughs) And it's just, yeah, it's it's hard if you can't just sit down face to face Mm -hmm. and like, I, I always talk about like if you if you really want to get things done, you know, you have to sit at the same table as a person and, and like oh, no yeah. one can do that now. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And you know, even the people who um are used to doing that and maybe uh aren't so interested in changing their ways, I'm still getting invited to lunches and things. I'm like, well, I'm I can't. I just can't. I, I'm not gonna do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can eat sandwiches and look at each other on Zoom. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Um well we are approaching the the lightning round uh, oh, portion of this podcast which round. is fun but it's this is just all like fun questions for you but before we get to that is there anything else you want to say about yourself or about Wausau or about your plans for the city um no on the, I'm just on the heavier note yeah. yeah no I'm super excited to get to work I know it's going to be a ton a ton 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 of work I'm grateful for the voters of Wausau for picking me you know obviously I'm thankful for um the outgoing mayor for you know serving the last eight years um with the city. So that's great too. But yeah, I'm just excited to go and, and it's, we're already sprinting. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is where it gets fun. Okay, um, I'm ready. If you are a beer, if you're a beer person, do you have a favorite Wisconsin beer? Oh my goodness. Um, so I really do love the central Wisconsin beers. We have great breweries, Bull Falls. Uh, everyone should come here and, and drink that. Is it, is this supposed to be quickly? I'm you're I should fine. just answer. It's, oh, okay. it's really, yeah. It's, <laughs> okay. I'm like lightning. I call this it is, around, like everyone gets into the explanation. Just constant thunder like, roll is what I'm going to be doing here. But yeah, I would say Bull Falls. I love them. Um, we have Red Eye Brewing. Love them. Uh, we have a couple others. We have a new distillery that's pretty awesome. Love Ooh. them. They have craft cocktails. So, you know, we've got a lot going on. Yeah. You're in a very good region for, <laughs> for beer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, what, this is, this is all relaxed. So I'm going to, I'm going to say five, but if you go above or under, it's fine. Oh but boy. What, what, what five-ish places or activities would you recommend to someone visiting Wausau for the first time? Oh my gosh. So here's the problem. 
with the <laughs> pandemic, so many things have been canceled this summer. Oh, so that's true. Let's, yeah. let's assume that um, yeah. it's going to be yeah. a normal year next summer. Um, you should for sure come to Wasa in the summer and enjoy the balloon rally and rib fest. That's a lot of fun. Uh, 30,000 people fit in my neighborhood during that time. It's crazy, um, wow. but it's a lot of fun and delicious food. Uh, I would say we have the Liyaki Woods and Art Museum. They've got world-renowned art um, art uh, coming through. And of course, there's the birds and art exhibit. That's their kind of keynote thing. And actually, if you're coming to the Liyaki Woods and Art Museum, you should come uh, in September, first weekend after Labor Day. We'll have the Festival of Arts. We'll have all kinds of things going on. And it's just a lot of fun. You have crafts, you have art, you have um, high art, uh, everything accessible for everybody, where, whatever you like about that. So that's, that's, I'm going to count that as two things so far. Um, okay. You have to eat. You have to eat here. Uh, we have so many good restaurants, and we had a bunch of new ones um, just open up. And luckily, they're doing carryout right now. But um, I would say Red Eye is top on my list. Uh, we have a really great, um, we have a really great kind of Asian cuisine uh many different ways. We have a, a banh mi place that just opened. We have kind of a, a Thai fusion place that just opened. We have the Peking that's been around forever um, that has the best Szechuan noodle soup I've ever had. There's a high restaurant. So like, and we also have uh, a, a variety of Hmong restaurants that, you know, uh, have kind of congregated in certain neighborhoods. So I think you could um, take a little tour and maybe have an egg roll crawl or something like that. It's really fun <laughs> or fun. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And I would say, lastly, um, you should probably enjoy the outdoors. We have so many opportunities here. We have a world-class kayak um, course right in the middle of the city. We have great trails. Um, we're so close to Rib Mountain State Park um, where you can hike. We have nine mile recreation. Uh, we just we're centrally located for everybody. And if you like the outdoors and if you like eating, if you like art, like come to Wasa. Also live here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sell. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you know the first concert that you attended? Oh my gosh, the first concert. Well, so I don't know. Do we count it when we're children and we didn't get to decide? Because Not necessarily, that, no. Okay. Like first one that you went to, like that you really I bought to the to. tickets for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess. You know, okay, I'm gonna I am gonna tell you the first one I didn't get to decide. It was Willie Nelson. My parents Ooh, were big at Willie Nelson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then when I bought the tickets, I must have been 15 at the time. Uh, I came to Madison actually, and I went to oh. go see Corn play at the. Uh... <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was fun. That's intense. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, you know, stratification here. Yeah. Like from Willie, Willie Nelson to Corn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a, can you pick a favorite concert? Was Corn your favorite concert? No, I mean, I, I loved it. It was, it was my yeah. favorite. I was with my friends. It was wild. My parents weren't there. They dropped us off. You know, it was so much fun. Yeah. But, um, you know, I recently, uh, Wu-Tang Clan came to uh, Riverside in last summer and we went yeah. to that. It was so fun. It was the most fun I've ever had at a show. And I don't know if it was just like I needed to let loose and nobody knew me there and I did. It was so <laughs> fun. <laughs> That would be good. <laughs> so you probably haven't had a lot of time to do like recreational entertainment consumption, but are there favorite things that you've been um, watching or listening to or reading lately? Oh my gosh. You know, it's interesting because I never would have thought that I would be afforded any time during this campaign, but since, since nobody 
you can't go knocking on doors. Um, right. I did have time because I'm not going to make phone calls for 12 hours a day. Right. Uh, I'm just not <laughs> two hours tops. Um, so I've been enjoying some of the some of the new stuff coming out. Um, I'm trying to think. Netflix. I feel like maybe I was going for the comfort of what I knew already. So I've been watching a lot of stuff from the 90s. I rewatched my so-called life. Uh, <laughs> I watched Silence of the Lambs, which didn't really make me feel better about everything. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I gave I gave the Tiger King about 15 minutes, and I just I, I wasn't feeling it. Um, yeah. I love the memes, but you know, I don't really love the way humans treat animals sometimes. And I'm just not into it. <laughs> it's really hard to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, yeah, like the personalities are crazy, but it's, yeah. it's just like, actually like a lot of happiness. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't need that. So yeah, again, turn back to the nineties and, and watch some of that stuff. It was a more comforting time <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> I mean, I was a kid then at least I can remember yeah. feeling happy and safe. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a good feeling. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you, I don't know if you still do, but you did roller derby. Um, yeah. What was your, do you still do it or was is that in the past? I, I had to retire, unfortunately. I ruptured a couple of discs. Um, it, it, not the roller derby fault. I mean, it is a little bit, but I was going sure. a little bit hard. At the same time, I was doing jujitsu. So it just kind of compounded in a way that wasn't good for my spine. But my name was Billa Buster. <laughs> and That's what I was, I was going to ask. Yep, I skated <laughs> with the Mid-State Sisters of Skate. Or yeah, mid-state sisters of skate. They're at a point, so it was so much awesome. fun. Those women are amazing, and they helped me with my campaign. They were roller skating in the parades and stuff like that. So I'm really lucky to have them. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, filibuster might be one of the best best <laughs> names I've heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, and I actually had it registered on that skate registry before they stopped doing that. There was a oh, moment cool. when it exploded. Yeah, yeah. Tweedles, is that what it is? I don't know. Awesome. Uh, okay, I, I asked this one of a lot of people. Um, okay. If you had a, a Wisconsin bucket list, so something that you kind of associate stereotypical Wisconsin that you haven't done, um, is there anything that comes to mind that you would like to try to do? Yeah. Gosh, I want to do everything. Um, <laughs> there is, where is Grandma's Race up? Uh, is that Bayfield? Oh, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I always hear about that and it's in October and it's glorious. Uh, that kind of seems like it's one of those things that, that, I mean, maybe I wouldn't run it, but I would just be there and uh, walking yeah. or whatever. But um, that that's on my list. Um, anything really more northerly than me, I'm really into. I think it's wonderful. Um, I would love to stay in one of those yurts on uh, Lake Superior. Uh, haven't done that yet. So that's kind of the stuff on my list. Um, but otherwise, man, I haven't been to a place in Wisconsin that I didn't like. I mean, everything is, we have such diverse culture everywhere we go. It's fun. Yeah. I saw on Twitter that you got an offer um, from Quince Mountain and, and the Blair Braverman team to yeah! give you a sled dog escort. Oh my gosh, uh, it's happening. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, is this too eccentric? But I, I don't care anymore. I don't Sled think dogs so. are awesome. Yes. <laughs> It'd be so much fun. Uh, well, on that note, do you have any pets? Um, you know, I don't have any pets. I have been bugging my husband um, to get a dog right now. But he thinks I'm going to be too busy and he doesn't want to be the sole caretaker for it. So we're thinking about it. I, I grew up with a dog, loved it. Um, but, you know, we'll wait a yeah. tiny bit. That's fair. Uh, do you have any pet peeves? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it's funny because I came out of journalism. So yeah. all of my pet peeves are probably related to 
overly picky editors that have influenced me over my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to hate the Oxford comma. Um, and I don't know, I, cause I work at Foot Locker and their, their style guide was to use it. So I just have used it in every day now. So I think I'm used to it again. I don't know, maybe I'll go back yeah. to AP style. <laughs> I don't know. It's a complicated <laughs> relationship for me. It's tough. Like I am obviously an AP style loyalist, yeah. but I do recognize that there is utility for the Oxford comma every now and then. Um, yeah. I just, maybe it's oversimplifying, but I would either want to always use it or never use it. And so yeah. I'm just in the always using it now. And I don't know. I also hate the word utilize. I, it's just yes. not necessary. <laughs> it is absolutely not necessary. <laughs> and it's always used in government. So that's oh, good. This government is a huge contribution. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to make a, a proclamation. <laughs> no more. <laughs> this will be your biggest contribution to the city of Wausau. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Uh, so, okay. These are, these are strange times. Um, how are you trying to take care of yourself right now? What's your sort of like self-care at home or, or is it just impossible? Well, okay. So I I would say self-care is kind of not the term I would use. Um, but I'm trying to do things to make sure I stay healthy. Um, so maybe having a smoothie for breakfast instead of, uh, 200 bagels or something. Um, and then, (laughs) I, over Christmas and uh, all of the holidays and my birthday, we decided that I would get a Peloton. So I, I have that and it actually has been the best thing ever since all of the gyms are closed. And for a while it was a little too cold to be outside um, running or whatever. So I would say those two things, um, I've been sleeping pretty good though. So I don't, I don't know when that stops, when it starts to be terrible, but so far so good. <laughs> That's good. I think everyone who's making fun of the Peloton commercial months ago, myself oh. included, is kind of like yep. kicking themselves now. Oh, it's glorious. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like clearly the right move. Something ahead. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for your last lightning round question? I, I think so. Um, and you can name more than one also. Oh, what is your favorite Wisconsin cheese? Ah, Wisconsin cheese specifically. Okay. Yes. So I'm from Marathon County, so I feel like I have to say that Colby is um, an important cheese in my life, and it is, and I love it. Um, but it's not my favorite cheese of all time. Um, if I could only have one cheese left. So we have Mullins um, right on Lake Dubay, and they have the most amazing cheese curds. They're squeaky. They're amazing. Um, I would eat those every day if I could. Uh, so maybe that's my favorite Wisconsin cheese. That seems like a solid answer. It yeah. can't beat a squeaky cheese curd, especially oh like a very gosh. fresh, like that day. Oh, it's, oh, it's they're ridiculous. They're amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking some time to to talk. I know you've been busy and will continue to be busy. So I wish you luck uh, heading you. into the new term. And um, when when do you actually start? When when does this begin? I w- I'll be sworn in on Tuesday. Uh, so and we're all being sworn in separately because. That's how it is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when all this settles down, we will watch for your sled dog. Uh, yes. A, a delayed ceremony. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you right. for having me. And since my heart still likes to be, I'm coming home. Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. You can subscribe to Wedge Issues on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you prefer to do your listening. And if you have feedback or questions for me, you can find me on Twitter at Jessie Opie, or you can email me at jopoyan at madison.com. 
You should also definitely check out our other Cat Times podcasts, like the Mad Splanners and the Corner Table. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.